This is another episode of the Comedy Reject Podcast brought to you by Comedy Here Often. Uh, let's begin the show. So, you got, I'm going to tell you guys straight up off the top, man. You, you, before you start a podcast, because like everybody's got one now, you know how you have your prep and you know your notes and what you're going to say, the topics you're going to talk about. and I don't have any of that shit. I, I, this is why I love my dedicated 40, because you guys really have to fuck with me in order to listen to this podcast, because most people have topics and themes and segments and little, you know, uh, interest. <laughs> I don't got shit. None of that. I literally today getting ready to start this podcast uh, was like, oh shit, what am I going to talk about today? And while I before my brain even had the opportunity to answer the question, I had already hit record and started talking. And I don't know if you guys have ever had that moment where your brain is thinking, but your mouth started moving already. Like My brain was like, what am I going to talk about? And then it literally realized my mouth was talking and was like, what the fuck are you doing, dog? And here we are. And this is how the podcast begins. The <laughs> um, so first off, let's get into uh, some of the little uh, nitty gritties of things that are going to be going down soon. So I had to submit uh, my insults. I can't even really call them jokes because they're from fucking mean insults. My insults for my roast battle Canada. Uh, for those of you who are tuning in. Uh, for the first time, which is uh, something I have to say now because uh, numbers have gone up. Numbers have gone up on my listeners. So uh, welcome new listeners. And if you don't like it, I don't give a fuck. I had 40 listeners before you. And you know what? We are getting along just fine here. Uh, so back to what I was saying. Uh, I was um, putting together uh, my insults for the roast battle and I submitted them Um so if you guys didn't know, when you do television, uh, until you're super famous, you don't ever get the opportunity to go off script. Like, uh, a lot of times when people show celebrities on TV saying things and they're like, oh my God, that's why this person is the greatest of all time. That's not necessarily true. That person is allowed to say things, whereas comedians of other, what I would call unproven comedians... So as much as you guys love me and fuck with me, I'm not famous. Um, so like I have to submit my jokes, which then goes to a team of comedy writers who then read over it, um, approve it or disapprove it. Then they send it to lawyers. Can you guys believe that shit? They send my jokes to a team of lawyers who then look over what I've said and uh, they see if they're liable to get in any trouble for any of the things I say, because God forbid that I say something so edgy <laughs> that they end up losing a sponsor. See how fucked up it is? Like when a celebrity says something edgy or wild, they're the greatest of all time. When you're an up and coming comedian, you say something edgy and wild and they will ban your ass. <laughs> There's no there's no way around it your ass is getting banned when it's a celebrity they're like ah ha ha 
look uh, how edgy they are you know what i mean but whereas uh they're like they don't say anything because the person has such a big platform that they can get away with it but when you ain't got no platform these people try to tell you everything you can and cannot say they literally wrote me in my notes uh after reviewing my insults that i can't say the names of tv shows television stations or certain products because they don't want to either promote or be sued by those companies <laughs> oh my god man when when uh, you know that saying when they say um uh there's a saying and it goes uh when money walks in the room, God walks out. Now, I'm not a religious person, but I, I uh, and I, when I say religious, I'm not, mm, I'm not Catholic. I don't, I don't believe in any of those religions, to be honest. Uh, but like, when I hear that saying, when money walks in the room, God walks out. I look at it like when money walks in the room, art walks out. Um, because when the bigger the money that's involved, the more eyes on it, the more things have to be dulled down and generalized. You know, when people talk about, I like originality, originality isn't something that's accepted by many. Because if it's uh, original, it means it's on its own. It's, it's of its own kind. And when you have something of its own kind, it may not apply to everybody. You know, if you have something that's original, it's going to have its, you know, niche market of followers. If you have something that's overgeneralized and it becomes popular because, oh, yeah, everybody can relate to that. You know, that's a take that we've all done. And I feel like when they're trying to sell comedy, they, of course, have to give it to the masses and in order to give it to the masses they make us water down our shit and uh that's what i think happens in that process like you took the raw uh comedy and you literally put it through like a three-part strainer uh where it's like comedy writer who you approve why didn't you just put them on then? I don't know, whatever. And then it goes to a lawyer who is like, how can we not get in trouble? And then it's like, then it comes back to you and it's like, rewrite it. Um, and uh, I fucking hate it. I hate it. But whatever. I'm not famous yet. And uh, uh, my dedicated 40 will tell you guys that. <laughs> I'm not famous yet, so I got to play the game. So anyways, I submitted all my shit. Um, you have to do seven uh insults per person so i had to do 14 different insults and i had to dig down deep so like when i was in school um i used to be somewhat of a bully not not the bullies that they show on tv these by the way the tv bullies uh it's the whoever writes the the role of the tv bullies what fucking school did you go to that you had this miserable life <laughs> every time they showcase what bullies are looking like on on tv it's always like ridiculous over-the-top exaggerations uh i was a bully of the real world where it's like a mental bully um i bullied people the way gay men give advice on clothing 
All right. Like I would make you feel like shit for the decisions you made that day. That's what I, <laughs> that's the best way to put it. I bullied people the same way gay men give advice on clothing by making you question every one of your decisions for the day. Because as soon as you walked into the cafeteria, you had to question the way you dressed, the way you look. You know what I mean? Like what you say, everything you did was on judgment by me. Now, who am I to uh, judge another person? Nobody. But I'm in high school and I'm a piece of shit just like everybody else is. And uh, if I found any kind of flaw, I would tear that person apart for the next day. For the rest of the day, I would say. The rest of the day, I would rip you to shreds. Like, And it could be anything. And my favorite was always attacking popular people it's easy it's, it's too easy to to attack you know unpopular people because they're already at the bottom of the food chain it's so much more gratifying <laughs> as a bully when you take down somebody who looks down on others and now you give the people that they look down on an opportunity to laugh at them that's way more gratifying so i would walk into the cafeteria every day and I would make fun of people and I would spend the whole day roasting them. And then the next day I would pick somebody new and I would do that every day. Problem with that is, is that it is not uh, a positive thing. I'm not sitting here acting like I'm a great guy. I was bad for doing it. I regret doing it. But like I said, it's mistakes that I made, but I can't take back who I was. Right. Because the reason why I did it was I would put others down because it was a reflection of how I actually felt about myself. The critiquing I did to others was simply because that's how I critiqued and looked at myself and talked bad about myself. And then what I did was I reflected that on the real world. So all you psychiatrist people sitting down right now being like, oh, we think we got to hang on what Sterling is right now. No, that's who I was in high school. I understand why it was wrong and I've matured and moved on. Uh, but now, Just for Laughs offered me a lot of money to dig back up those roots. And I had to, it took a while. It took a while. I'm, I'm a little nervous because uh, I'm enjoying it. That's why I don't, <laughs> it, it, it's, it definitely says something bad about me. If I'm enjoying the process uh, of, of insulting somebody, because here's what, in order to dig back up these roots, I have to obsess about a person. And then you don't obsess about them in a good way. The same way um, when you like somebody and you write them a love letter and it has 10 reasons on why you like them or why you love them or what you, um, you know, uh, are attracted to them about. I do the same thing but with like 10 reasons of why you're a piece of shit. And I have to obsess over that day in, day out. And that's all I think about. I literally go to sleep thinking about how much I hate this person. Like that's the mind frame that I put myself in. And the reason why I had to put myself in that mind frame is because anytime I look at their face or their Facebook posts or their Instagram or anything about them, my mind immediately triggers to, I hate this person, and then I insult them, 
right? And it's like, why do you hate this person? Well, I hate this because I don't really hate them, right? So I have to make up reasons and then justify it in my mind. I'm like, I hate the way this person's hair looks. Your hair looks like you don't bathe. You know what I mean? Like you look like you smell like you stink. Like I say things like that. And then I keep doing that day in, day out, day in, day out until, you know, it finally clicks and you start roasting them and making fun of them to the point where it's like, it's almost stupid for anybody to like this person. Here's why. And that's, that's the muscle I had to, uh, you know, jog up because I didn't like, uh, hurting people. I realized, uh, the laughter of many, uh, people, uh, wasn't worth the destruction of another, you know? And so that's why I kind of buried that talent. I don't want to call it a talent. Uh, it's a horrible thing, but like, so I had to bury that. But now, um, see how much of a piece of shit I am. Uh, you take away my ability to work and then offer me some money. I'm going to fuck up some people's lives. Yo, the things I've said about these people are so mean. People who have never even seen a picture of these people. When I read my uh, insults off to a few friends, they were like, what the fuck is wrong with you? They're like, yo... You're like going for the throat. You're trying to kill this person. Like, and that made me unusually happy <laughs> because if they've never seen this person yet, I've given enough descriptive uh, insults that they too can see this person and not like this person. Well, then I'm doing a great job. And here's the thing. I'm not going to stop writing like um, they want me to submit my my jokes over again with the omissions of the names and of of businesses brands and tv shows which i will do but i'm not gonna stop writing like i'm gonna keep now what i've submitted as mean as it may be and as funny as it, i think what i submitted right now i would whoop the dog shit out of my competitors but that's not what we're here for people dedicated 40 this is sterling scott's game plan to fame all right let me break it down for you guys step one the tv show canada roast battle is not something that i'm looking at as the show i'm looking at it as an audition for good television it's my opportunity to entertain people and stand out amongst a crowd of other comedians uh without having to use my material so i do not honestly give a fuck about the battle what i care about is making good performances that can go viral like i'm trying to write jokes so mean that people use it as a meme that kind of fucking mean why because if the people who are the gatekeepers see oh wow this bland monday because they i'll be honest they sent me some clips all right they sent me some clips to watch of people in england doing the tv show and i was watching the quote-unquote best of like the the best roast of season whatever and i'll be honest i wasn't that impressed like the best of they were decent i was like yeah okay those are great those are okay uh i found 
the American roasters were much better. Um, but even with them, it was like, ah. Eh. And then I'll tell you guys a little trade secret. You know where I went to? Rap battles. Rap battles. Uh, like, you know, Ultimate Rap League, Smack, you know, King of the Dot. Those rap battlers are very, very, very clever with the way they insult each other. And so uh, once you hear the format, because like with the, the when I say the format, the way that they set up and deliver their insults on the TV show, and then you look at the way that the rap battlers do it, you can kind of do a fusion to get the best of both worlds. So the short form to the point uh, that they would do in the comedy roast battles, but the complex flips and ex explanations that they would use in a rap battle. Um, and I combined those two uh, to deliver the deadly blows. I can't wait for you guys to watch. I got my costume picked out. I have my insults. I'm about to fuck this show up, man. Honestly, uh, I'm so... This is this is one of the, uh, the benefits of having a small audience is because... Um, I can talk all this shit and it's only my dedicated 40 that's going to know about this shit. And the fun part is when the TV show comes out, you guys get to watch uh, and you can see everything I'm doing and you know exactly why I did it. You know what I mean? Because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a ambush these motherfuckers. I still haven't shown people what my hair looks like. You know what I mean? It's been uh, 18 days since I've changed my hairstyle and I have refused to post any pictures of myself on, on social media. Um, the only people that have seen my new hairstyle and what my new, like I, I shaved and every, all different kinds of shit, uh, are people who know me personally. And because I'm socially distancing, um, I don't see a lot of humans, uh, that I know. You know what I mean? Like, I talk to people on the phone, but, like, actually physically be in person, that doesn't happen a lot. I sit in my house most of the day. So I'm looking to fuck this show up. I'm looking to have a good time. I got to get tested uh, this week on Saturday. I'm going to go get tested at 9 in the morning. I'm a little nervous um, because, um, you know, a lot of people that I know um, have gotten COVID recently or uh people that i have seen or talked to um have messaged me and been like they don't have covid but they uh have to isolate because someone that they worked with or someone that they knew got covid um now me personally i feel amazing 100% i don't feel sick at all i never had but i mean who knows maybe i'm asymptomatic and my fear is that, like, I have COVID and I'm one of those people who are, like, got COVID and it doesn't affect them in any kind of way. And the reason why that scares me is because if I get COVID, I get kicked off the show. If I get kicked off the show, the amount of money that I lose will pretty much fuck up the next two and a half months of my life. And I tell you right now, kids. Daddy's tired, all right? I'm tired of being kicked. I'm tired of being put down, man. Uh, this COVID shit has been killing me. And you know what's fucked up is that I have a friend that passed because of COVID, and yet the way that they're handling and dealing with things right now 
it even makes me exhausted and tired and frustrated with all the things that they do. Uh, because the reality is, is that, um, you know, the government has been not managing it well. Um, that big business is being allowed to operate, um, whereas small businesses are being shut down. And uh, it's, it's hard to not see how blatant it is that if you have a lot of money, and when I mean a lot of money, I'm talking transit, airline, restaurant chains, supermarkets, those big corporations, they are all open. They have always been open. But now, like, you know, small businesses, hair salons, bars, you know, barbershops, uh, shit like that, we, they're fucking dead. And the fact that COVID don't exist in these high populated areas, but COVID does exist in these smaller, less populated areas is fucking bullshit. And uh, it's, um, you know. It's difficult because the people want answers and uh, now they've been lied to so much that even if you told them the truth, they wouldn't believe you. It's kind of like that um, boy who cried wolf story. So I'm nervous because uh, I don't want to be the guy that has COVID and gets kicked off the show. But uh, either which way, I'm confident. I'm 99% confident that uh, I'll be okay with the COVID testing. Um, and then what would be really cool is so I do my testing and then I have to fly out to Toronto, which when we're then picked up uh, and put in a bubble. And here's why I'm excited, because now we're in a bubble with comedians who I actually fuck with. There's some comedians on the show uh, that are really funny that I love. And now you're on a TV show in a bubble where you know everybody is COVID free. Oh, the hugging, the laughing, and especially the smoking. Woo! I'm bringing mushrooms. Fuck it. I'm bringing mushrooms. I'm going to get the crowd. I'm a get. Oh, I'm bringing mushrooms. I'm fucking up some comedians. We doing a mushroom trip. That'll be live, yo. Can you imagine that? Coming out into the bubble knowing everybody is COVID-free and that we could act like regular humans again and do mushrooms? <sighs> Fuck yeah, I'm bringing my mushrooms. We're doing mushrooms. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring mushrooms. I'm going to bring some edibles. I'm going to bring weed. Oh, we're going to have such a good time. I'm excited, kids. I'll tell you what, man. It's been like festivals, comedy festivals are fun not be, uh, because of the crowds and shit. It's because comedy festivals are typically the the top tier headliners whom travel a lot. And when you're a headliner, uh, it's a lonely road. You don't work with a lot of the peers that you came up with because they typically won't do shows with multiple headliners unless it's a festival. So, you know, say there's like four or five festivals that you do a year which is a lot, um, I typically would do three, three a year, all right? So say you do three in a year, those three times, you're going to get to see a collection of headliners whom you've known for 10 plus years, but because that you're always on the road doing comedy, you don't get to see very often, and then you get to watch them perform, and you're like, holy fuck, like, 
I get why you're a headliner and you get to enjoy all these, you know, it's, it's, it's wild. It's one thing to be a stand-up comedian. It's another thing to be a stand-up comedian and get the opportunity to appreciate it as a crowd member. And at a festival, you get to actually sit back and see the, you know, the, the, the combination of work that this person has been up to. And then you get to see them deliver on stage. And it's like, oh, shit, that's fun. And then you get to go up there. And I'm not going to lie. Sometimes when I'm on shows and I see all these amazing performances, it makes me feel honored that I am counted among them. Because I'm sitting there like, I'm I'm like, when it, whenever I'm watching a great comic, it's like a magic show for me. It's like, how in the fuck are you pulling this off? And uh, when I'm on a festival and I'm watching back to back to back amazing com- comedic magicians, and I mean magicians as in magically making the people laugh, not pulling a rabbit out of their ass. Although if somebody pulled a rabbit out of their ass, I would definitely fucking laugh at that. Um, it, it, it's 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 like overwhelmingly uh, mystifying. We're just watching them like, so you're just going to walk out here and this crowd of 400 people, you're going to make them fall in love with you in 10 minutes. This is fucking crazy. And then to be like watching them do it and then you go on stage and do it yourself. It's, it feels great. It feels amazing. And um, that's the kind of feeling I'm going to get when I go for this uh, TV taping. I'm like out of my mind excited. And it's not even for the TV show. It's to hang out with these comedians and you know what I mean? Get wild. Cause like, that's what we did. Like comedians for the most part are very, you know, as much as we like to be, you know, funny on stage, we love to like laugh and, and, and you always got the wild, the wild, the wild ones and the crazy ones, the conservative one, the dry humor one, the, the one that's going to observe, like everybody is funny and everybody loves to laugh. And so when the conversation starts to gel, you start to see everybody uh, being funny in their own way, just perpetuating this constant idea of, of comedy with every conversation so like when a conversation topic is up in the air you just start watching all these comedians be funny in different styles and strains and you're just like all that funny is being drained out of this one topic uh you know what that's like people you ever have a conversation with somebody and it's like a good conversation and then when the points have all been hit there's that moment of silence and then you have to change the subject that's what it feels like with comedians, except it's like nonstop laughter. And then it comes down and then another topic is tossed up in the air. And then it's just again and again and again. Oh, I, I'm going to hug my friend. I'm going to share a spliff with somebody for the first time in a year and a half. <laughs> I'm fucking excited. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. And then tonight, um, uh, I have to do some other shows. I got two Zoom shows tonight, thankfully, because uh, as you guys know, today is, uh, what day is it today? That's that's another symptom of being on COVID. You never know what fucking day it is. So I'm recording this a day early. So my podcast comes out on Friday, April the 9th, but I'm recording this on the 8th. And today on the 8th in Canada, 
we have all been set back to stage one lockdown. And of course, the country is furious because America is like, fuck it, we wildin'. We're doing whatever we want over here. And um, uh, they're open and they're they're fine. They're living. They're doing their thing. Whereas we here in Canada have less numbers and are not allowed to operate. So it is frustrating. Um, but yeah. Um, I have two shows tonight that are... I'm not gonna lie, man. I'm I'm happy because not for the show. I'm happy to do it because um, they're 30 minute shows each. Thank God. Like doing an hour on Zoom is fucking tough. Um, cause you just like it's hard to stay engaged uh, for that long. Typically, I'm just like I I want to zone out. But they're two 30 minute shows, and the money from that. I'm not gonna lie. It's gonna knock some. Uh, it's gonna knock some dust off that credit card, and uh, pretty much pay for the internet, cell phone. This is how fucking much my bills are backed up. I'm gonna do two shows tonight, and it's only gonna pay uh, a little bit of money on my credit card, uh, my cell phone bill, and my uh, internet bill. That's all. <laughs> that's all that's gonna be covered from these three shows. <laughs> Oh, but I can't be mad. I got to be thankful. I just got to fucking survive until these goddamn sound exchange checks come in. So uh, I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast, but I'll just say real quickly. uh, Comedians, when we release comedy albums, they the, the way we make money is by radio streams like people. Radio stations will play your your comedy albums and then you get money for it. And uh, they play it all around the world. And there's a company called Sound Exchange who uh, collects the, the 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 money from everybody who uh, plays your plays your album, and then sends you a check. Those checks um, uh, account for uh, about thirty five percent of my yearly income. All right, now. Uh, COVID hit and my yearly income dropped uh, 95%, right? And my, my yearly income from comedy dropped 95%. Uh, so now that 35% of my income, um, which only shows up every quarter, is now heavily relied on. The first one was supposed to come out. So in December... Uh, they send you an email telling you how much money you've made and then send out the check and you get it sometime mid-January because we live in Canada and it's coming from America. So in January, I'm sitting down waiting on this check that was a, you know, a good sized check. Uh, it would have covered a couple a couple months bills uh, and never showed up. And then I seen it around the country. It didn't show up for everybody else. Uh, and now we're having the second one. So now the two checks have now been sent out. And I haven't received either. Now, I'm trying to hold on and survive. I'm fucking, you know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm digging through the dirt trying to just keep things together. Because until those two checks arrive, I am broke as fuck. <laughs> I know you guys are like, what? What about the, you know, Canada roast battle? They ain't paying me. They don't pay me uh, for a few weeks after. All right? So I don't get that money till later. 
So I'm trying to hold on shit. Basically, I'll do the show in April. I ain't gonna get that money till May. Um, so when May first hits, I still wouldn't have been paid from what was happening uh, at the roast battles. And I don't understand why they do that. I'm not gonna get into that right now. But I, that, that's one of the most fucking annoying things in the world is uh, the delay on how long it takes you to get paid as an entertainer and also the fact that they want to pay you in check. And check is the most fucking stupidest form. There's no way in the world you can convince me that using a check makes any fucking sense in 2021. It's the stupidest form of payment. It's so fucking stupid. It doesn't make any goddamn sense why you can pay me with a check, but I can't use this goddamn check anywhere else. And then when I go to a bank... They treat me like I'm a goddamn criminal. Anytime I deposit the check in the bank, they're like, well, we don't know what you were doing out in those streets. So we're going to have to hold this for five business days. Five business days? It takes you five business days to fucking find out if this is fake? You can't just figure this out right now? And here's how fucked up it is. They can. If a bank is the same branch as the one that the check was issued from, they can tell you if the money's available right there and then. But they're not going to do that. They're going to hold it for five days. It's fucking criminal. But anyways, let me get off that topic because it's going to just drive me into a whole other rant, and uh, that's for another day. Um, But yeah, so I don't get any of that money till later on. So I'm trying everything in my goddamn power to stay alive to hold it together. When I mean hold it together, I mean try not to get my cell phone cut off, try not to have the internet shut off, try not to have my heat shut off. You know what I mean? Pay my mortgage, pay my condo fees, um, you know, pay for the bills for my kids' schooling, you know, gas, food, all this shit. Trying to like siphon money from one and put to the other. You know what I mean? Like I said, some days I'll be eating. And a bill won't be paid, and some days a bill will be paid, and I won't eat. And it's just that swinging from side to side is what I've been doing the entire pandemic. And I'm trying to keep it together because when I get those two checks plus this one from um, from the, the TV show, I'll finally be back on my feet again, guys. It'll be over a year and change that I've been in the in the red. And it'll be my first time back in the black. Like, that's how far much debt I've accumulated over this last year and change that I need three payments, (laughs) three checks to, 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 to cover it up. So we'll wait and see, man. I'm just trying to hold it together. I'm just trying to keep it together. My dedicated 40. Hey, dedicated 40. Do me a favor. Write me an email and let me know how you guys are doing. How are you guys handling the pandemic? Um, for my new listeners, uh, let me tell you, I've never said the email lately because uh, my dedicated 40 are such beautiful followers that they usually would write me on social media and answer and, and ask me questions. And I used to have uh, a few people send me emails and uh, I loved it. Uh, shout out to uh, my friend Mia, um, who is the only person who writes into this goddamn podcast. But I'm, I'm, this is how uncoordinated I am. I, I'm not a good multitasker. I'm trying to pull up the podcast's email. So, 
what is it? Jesus Christ. There we go. So the email is <laughs> thecomedyreject at gmail.com. All right. Write into me. Talk to me. Let's get to know each other. All right. Thecomedyreject at gmail.com. Uh, write me in and let me know how you guys are doing. Uh, let me know what you guys are, how you guys are handling uh, the pandemic, how you guys are surviving. Are you doing well? Are you doing not? Did you do well during the pandemic? Did you do bad during the pandemic? Let me know. Um, and because uh, I'd love to, you know, get some questions, read and hear back from you guys. Um, I'm still uh, still trying. To, it's hard to keep yourself in shape. I told you guys on the last podcast I was uh, working out. I almost quit the other day. And I, here's how fucked up, uh, fragile my mentality is when it comes to working out. Um, I ate. And of course, when you eat, your body gains weight. Now, it's temporary weight because it's all the food that you just ate. You put in your body on top of the water and blah, blah, blah. So, of course, you're going to weigh a few more pounds. I know that. Yet still, even with knowing that. I ate, and then a few hours later, I weighed myself. I was so mad at the fact that my weight was up four pounds that I almost quit working out altogether because I was like, oh, fuck that shit. I'm up four pounds. This is never going to happen. And then I immediately went into my default quitter talk, which is uh, my quitter speech, which is, oh, man, why can't people just love me for the way I look? I don't give a fuck. This is not the way I'm going to make it. Chris Rock wasn't in shape. Why the fuck can I? <laughs> and I go into that shit, that soliloquy. And whenever that happens, I know it's just my way of saying I want to quit. But um, yes, to all the, you know, workout people and trainers. Yes, I know I was wrong in the way I'm thinking. But I'm telling you how the fuck my brain functions, okay? There's one thing to react. It's another thing to act. All right? My reaction was, fuck this, I want to quit. But the action was that I didn't. Um, but it is hard. It is hard. My goal is to be like in take your shirt off and impress people's shape um, by June. Okay? That's the goal. So if in June, dedicated 40, you don't uh, see a lot of pictures of me with no shirt on or something like that, it means I failed. All right? That's just the long and short of it. And uh, today... It's raining outside, so I'm not going to go for a jog, but I am going to lift some weights. I'm going to lift some weights, and then I'm going to relax, and then I'm going to prepare my jokes, and then I'm going to do this fucking Zoom show, and then do another one, and then take the money from that and pay a cell phone bill. (laughs) It's hard out here for a pimp. But yeah, man. Y'all stay classy out there and send me an email sometime. I look forward to talking to you guys again next week. This has been another episode of the Comedy Reject Podcast. Take it easy.